It's about to get real with the MTV original reality TV star OGs, John and Beth, as they chat with great guests to discuss reality TV, music, pop culture, and real world life. Pick up your phone and go to wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Getting Real with John and Beth. Turn it up. Getting Real starts now. Beth? John, so I'm I'm just reading this article in the LA Times. Bethany Frankel is trying to get a union started for reality TV stars. Do you think that they're going to be able to pull that off? What do you think about that? Well, I think it's easy to start union. You can start a union for anything you want to. You think it's easy? I mean, I remember way back when we tried to start a union. <laughs> and I think I think reality stars are, you know, concerned about the same things way back when than they are they are today. It's the same What's the thing. Concerns? What's the gripes? Yeah. Give me the uh, well, I mean, look, I mean, there's not really any, any protections for reality stars and some reality people get paid a lot more and oh, others get paid a lot less. Cool. Yeah. Right. So, so a union would protect future reality stars. What about past reality stars? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look, they would have to hash all that out, but I mean, there's, there's a difference between going on a show and being a contestant one time, but if you're constantly going back over and over and over again, you know, most people get residuals, they get health insurance, really? stuff like that. Yeah. All the unions, they get health insurance. You know, residuals be, and health insurance. Nice. That would change, nice. that change my world. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> like, would they, would they go back to like past residuals? I doubt. I, I don't think so. I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, but I don't We're think just talking about the new reality stars that are complete posers. They would benefit from this union. Well, yeah. And then maybe if, I don't care. I don't care. Maybe, I don't care. Well, I don't care maybe, what they get. <laughs> well, maybe if you do a future show, maybe it'll, it'll help you as well. Who knows? Well, Who now, knows? We're talk, now we're talking. Anyway, we're going way, <laughs> we're going way, way, way back to the beginning. To the beginning of all of reality television. I mean, he is, you know, a legend. He's iconic. He is the grandfather, really, of reality <laughs> TV. He's right? gonna love. He's gonna or love the, God, the Godfather or the grandfather or you know I don't know. He's so before there was you and me, there were seven real world. He was the first. Actors. He this was the like... first, and I bet he was probably the very first person that was actually cast Ooh, ever on reality TV. Probably we'll, well we'll have to ask him. But one of our very best friends, and I mean, there's there's not a lot of people on this planet seven to be exact that can say uh, we were the first ones to try this. Everyone else that came after me is riding my coattails from the very first reality show of all time, the real world, which we know a little something about, but we were season two and there were seven before us, Norman Corpy from the first season of the real world. Norm, you're a great friend. Thanks for being on getting real. Well, thank you very much. That was a very gracious and wonderful introduction from you guys i appreciate it hey hey it's norm i'm here on your fantastic podcast you guys have gotten it together you're carrying the torch don't sound so you're speaking surprised. about unions i want to hear it all <laughs> unions, right? i know do you remember when we did that what was that that like 10 year anniversary we oh, we all went goodness. on strike and we wanted to try and get more money and we ended up not getting any more money. No, it was, <laughs> it was matter of fact, but you I know think. what? You really brought up really great points because 
it wasn't just about the money. It was literally some people were being brought into this, you know, in coach or on a bus and they had no hotel rooms basically. And then all of a sudden other people were coming in and their boyfriends or girlfriends or entourage had a suite at like the Four Seasons. So there was this level of disparity that was happening, you know, and I even remember, you know, gay wasn't such a hip thing. So I think there was like a couple couples that were like, not even considered a couple because they were like a lesbian or something weird. I remember there was a lot of different elements that kind of came to play, you know, in this whole scenario. And there was like one opportunity and it just, you know, it drove them nuts because all of a sudden people were like shutting down that sound stage. And I think there are people still like don't like me over there because they're like, you're behind all of it. And I'm like, you know what? You weren't. I mean, you you weren't. I mean, you were you were as vocal as everybody else. And actually, it's funny because I told John maybe like three months ago for the first time, that was like over 20 years ago when that happened. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of people like a person from every season came over to my apartment and we filmed this long meeting and I looked at it for the first time, like three months ago. It's like four yeah. hours of just like, I mean, it's like, it's me, it's Lars, it's Mohammed, Amaya, yeah. Andre, I don't know who else, Ruthie maybe. I think, yeah, some, yeah, some people from Hawaii, definitely. And yeah. of course, you know, with the reality shows in order to juice up their content, they do apply a lot of alcohol. And we didn't have that when they first shot The Real World in New York. There wasn't like you open a drawer and there was a liquor cabinet, you know, there. Now, when I would go to those challenges, you've been those challenges. It's like, yeah. wow, there's a whole liquor store right here waiting for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that, of course, gets people into some awkward and, and pretty bad positions i mean you see definitely i think that below the deck you know they're all in that boat and there's just yeah. liquor to be had and it's just i love it but it's just they're ready to sink those ships half the time <laughs> Make it so yeah. trouble. speaking of of challenges and i wasn't sure how to how to wiggle this in there but i need i need answer i need answers from you because this is something i talk to beth about all the time you know she's She's this challenge queen. She keeps getting asked to come I'm back. I'm not the challenge queen, first of no, all. The challenge I've drama. I've been on queen. challenges, but I'm the, definitely not the challenge. The challenge drama queen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, there was the very first challenge I got to be on. Then there was this challenge right after 9-11 in the year 2001. And what they had done in the Battle of the Seasons, they had picked Beth and, and David from our cast and sent mm -hmm. them. Cabo San Lucas, you were there. And who would have been your roommate? It would have been your Becky. Becky. So you and Becky. So like two from every season. David, mm -hmm. I don't know what the legend is. He drank water from a mop bucket. It got deathly, oh. very, very sick. Right? <laughs> he drank I think he water ended up from a mop bucket. Well, well, I know, but I think before that, there was a hurricane that came through. He was no, no, kind no. of dismissed before the hurricane hit. Well, and then he was staying with some strange people. And then I think he drank water from the bucket because there was like no water or there was no way to get to the airport. I don't know all the details. I mean, well, here's the thing. Old, but I know that he we thought he left and he was still there for like another week and a half because there was no yeah. roof on the airport. And he was with some strange Mexican family that had harbored him. And I think that's where he kind of he well, kind of drank from the cleaning bucket. I don't here, know. He, here enters my role. They had to replace David because he had drunk water from a mop bucket and became 
Very. I mean, he was already unruly before all that. He was a pretty hot drunken. You don't have to explain David's unruliness to Beth and I for sure. <laughs> I got to see him in action. I was like, yeah. "Wow, he's yeah." Uh, he's it's a so hot weird Molly. when people that didn't live on our cast meet David, and they're like, "I don't know what the big deal is." Seems like a nice guy. Oh my gosh, he's unbearable to be around. And yeah, <laughs> they, they experience it because Glenn at our homecoming, our roommate, he never lived with David because he replaced David, and he's like, "I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the homecoming, getting to know David." Okay. 48 hours later, he's like, "I can't deal with this guy." It's like, really? Tell us more, Glenn. But uh, anyway, that's all beside the point. I got a phone call. John, can you fly to Cabo San Lucas and replace David and be best yeah. on Battle of the Season? I'm sitting there going, well, first of all, you didn't cast me and now you need me? Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. See, well, that union would have been really helpful for you <laughs> back then, wouldn't it? So <laughs> I say to the person, are you? Are we flying? Like 9-11 just happened a week ago. There's right. airplanes in the sky again? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Can you get your passport and get to the airport. I'm like, no, number one, I don't have a passport. Did you know you could get a passport in 24 hours if you call your senator, if you need an emergency passport? 24 hours later, I had a passport FedEx to me, delivered to me overnight. I flew and I became Beth's partner, filling in for David in Cabo San Lucas on the Battle of the Seasons, where we found our good friends, Becky and Norm. We had a first mission Beth and I performed middle of the road. I'll say middle of the road. And we got eliminated. We weren't the best. We weren't the worst. That's we were in the middle, middle of the somewhere. Yeah. What is middle yeah. Of the road. I said middle of the road, middle of the road. That would, yes. I, then you repeated. So sure. Yeah. So we weren't the best and we weren't the worst. We were somewhere in the middle of the pack. Do you need, let's elaborate more. Beth, how else can we say that? Uh, we we did all right. Okay. okay. I just, <laughs> okay. We did okay. So we're going to take a break and come back and discuss this middle of the road performance. And uh, we'll be right back with Norman. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back with Norman, our good friend. Norman, I'm going to cut to the chase. Beth and I got eliminated and sent home first. That reputation still is with me. 
for being oh. uh, eliminated early and things. I, and I'm trying to figure out you were on the voting council of that. I want to know why we got that was that home. was a big stinger. That was a sting. We got sent Ouch. home by you first. Yes, and Veronica went home. First. Um, yeah, you guys, you went for yeah. You're definitely were were first to go. Yeah, I remember there were three. There were three teams that were in voting. And the other two teams mentioned you before me, so we didn't even have to vote. Are you <laughs> so serious? All of these I'm totally serious. Coral, Coral, Coral. Yeah, Coral, Coral was there, right? and The Miz. Yeah, Coral didn't was, like me. And Sean and Elka? Yeah. Was it Elka that Sean was there? Sean and Elka were there, yeah. Yes. Okay, so don't so. blame it on Norman. It wasn't even yeah. Norman. I was so, blaming Norman. That is they, the true story. They mentioned it first, but we were really thinking they were going to have big guns. We were like, okay, who's... You know, basically the, the team, we were so weak when you actually looked at road rules because we were guinea pigs. Like pretty much it had been like, what, five years of road rules against real world, you know, prior to this like battle of sexes. And every year the real world lost, mm -hmm. the real world lost, you know. <laughs> and so we came into this going, why do we have these competition shows? Because we're going to lose to these people. You cast these people to be yeah. athletic to be engaging and to whip everyone's ass. I mean, we're like couch surfing, you know, drama people. And all of a sudden, how are we ever going to win this money? We're never going to win this money. So um, the only chance to win, obviously, was if Coral and Miz were to stay there. You know, they, they needed to stay because they're the, the only, only people two that were athletic fit. real worlers ever. The and then Sean, because he was like a lumberjack, it could climb tele telephone poles and throw an axe at something, you know. And so just all kind of broken down and i think after that definitely everyone kind of looked like you know how are we gonna you know look at these road rule people we're gonna just be crushed every moment if this is gonna be some athletic and no one's gonna win this money so it came down as soon as you guys were eliminated uh we sat down like there's no way we might as well pick who could actually win this thing and it's the only shot in hell is that our strongest team that's left goes against their weakest team because they're going to yeah. vote off everybody that's you know great and that's going to only give us this one chance and i said we're going to just have to split this money to allow somebody because if we don't you know like weakest team will never beat their weakest team like our strongest team could beat their weakest team and so that's how that kind of played out in the background and, and mtv didn't even know anything about that we had made some like sneaky under the table thing but i figured you know what i'll get like i might as well get like 10 grand and split this pool of money from them rather than a big zero well whose um, idea was it to send us home like I'm, i need to know who threw us under the bus coral i don't think anybody i mean coral was certainly yeah she was you know she had designs that she, you know the the challenges were going to be you know her new gig <laughs> so and she was new to me i'd never met them before and Miz had just turned 18. I remember his birthday went off like the day beforehand, wow. wasn't it? It was like he, he was like 18 years old and he was in the pool and he got really drunk. And that's when David got really smashed, you know, before we started the whole show up. It was like his birthday that day. So he had legally became legal to drink or something. And that, or in Mexico, I mean, you can do anything you want there. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how that, you know, went down on that that way. But, you know, had we seen some athletic activity from you john if you had you hung on those what was those things we had to like they pulled us out of the water on a crane we had to sit here and hang and dangle above the water yeah uh, they hold on what, what happened i'm into wait 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 i'd like i'd like to over. i'd like to know what you're gonna say next because what i've 
already established is that we we performed middle of the road. Yeah, you guys went into the water. <laughs> you went into the well, water. Everybody went into the water eventually. I know, but like the, the, the three teams that didn't go into the water were they in the boating pool. Remember? Mm. Is that what? It so was? who? Yeah. So the first. So, so there you know, was about twenty five other teams to pick from to eliminate. But you picked I think up. There were six, but there was people because you guys went in the water first. There, you no, we the did, water. no, you're missing the point. We didn't go into the water first. We went into the of, water. All the, of the real world people, you guys went into the water first. No, that's not my yeah, recollection. You did. Yeah, you did. That's not my recollection at all. You dropped into the water. Uh, we'll yes. have to go and we'll have to do a rewatch. We're going to rewatch. We'll rewatch it, John. I don't think I ever went into the water. Actually, yes, we went we into the water. Went we the all water. went into the water. <laughs> we no one, went. we barely were able to hang on for like ninety seconds. <laughs> Whose idea? That was the that was a horrible. Comment. Remember the crane? It was like a crane, yeah. and you brought it up, and then as soon as people fell off, the whole the armature thing, <laughs> you know, flipped people off, and they all went into the water bay. Norm, you've got this iconic. Did you skydive though? Yes, I skydived. Yeah, you skydived. I flew okay. from Nashville, Tennessee to that was kind of fun, don't you? Dallas, Dallas and Lucas, and I got to the hangar and I see somebody I recognized from production, and I was just—I mean—flying after nine eleven was crazy. I was just kind mm-hmm. of glad to be at an airport and on the ground, and everything was fine. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm here. They're like, well, you're late because you were late edition. <laughs> Everyone else is ready for you. And I said, great, I'm ready to see them. They said, well, they're on the beach. I said, let's go to the yeah. beach. They said, no, we're going to the next hangar. You're jumping out of a plane onto the beach. Mm-hmm. I said, oh no, no, I just got off of a perfectly good airplane. I'm, I've never skydived. I have no training. An hour later, I was jumping out of an airplane onto the beach where everyone else was waiting. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I'll tell you that right now. That is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. I felt like I was being executed. I will never do that again. Actually, loved it. but you know, Beth set herself up. She's good. She said, and you got to go to so many more challenges. I don't. Did I get invited back to another? Yeah, I did. I got invited back. Oh, to the Norman, call, you you've been invited. You were set back. up. Listen, Norman. You are one of the most memorable people from the real world. <laughs> I'm, it's a crime. It's an absolute <laughs> crime that you are not doing any of the challenge shows. I'm just going to say that but right now. You for, need to be on the challenge. Some What's calls the hold up, Norman? I don't know. They call me in and then they don't call me. They get me up to do videos and then they, they, don't, they don't follow through. But then sometimes it's a scheduling conflict. You know, they really wanted me to do that. OG thing, but we shot that um, homecoming thing right at the same time, so it overlapped. Uh, I know. I was. It so they called you to do. A, so they an came All-Star. back. They call, yeah, they called me again and did this whole video thing, and then I don't know the casting person disappeared or whatever, and I don't know what happened. But I I waited around. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm gonna stop running on this treadmill now. Bye. <laughs> 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 Bye. I have to go back to working in a bakery. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, Buna Murray, Paramount Plus, MTV, yeah. whoever's listening right now, please yeah. cast Norman. We need Norman on the challenge. I would love to be on the <laughs> challenge with you. I think it'd be super fun. No, don't yeah. go on with, with Norm. He'll vote you out. First. No, he won't. He did. Yeah. He did, but he won't. He won't do that. I just told you the story. That's not the true story. <laughs> that is the true, true story. story. Cover up story. You can check. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to check. But I'm digging. I'm digging this. This ball cap. This. This. You know. This, My ball cap. You know this. You've got. Look. The, got. I had these on when I did the. Uh, what was it? The homecoming show. 
yes. and had these on all the time. Uh, and they were old Oakleys that I'd gotten up at like Sundance or something, but they'd got worn down. And the Oakley people were like, oh, Mike, you're so nice. And so they sent, and look, they monog- they sent me a pair and they monogrammed it. It says Norman somewhere. On the oh, corner. my God. That's so cool, Norman. That's so I know. Cool. There it is. So the, so I didn't, wasn't even paying attention. They were like, you know, like, oh, my God, this is we can't believe that you're wearing these damn dumb things on your hat all the time. And gosh, that's and so, yeah. So then did you, mean the to? Did, did you intend, Hey, I'm going to wear these sunglasses on the home. I just, you know, no, I always kind of just, it's always when you're, when you get the wrinkles here at 50 something, you got to have something to distract people from oh. looking at your wrinkles. You gotta, that's right. You he, know. See, he's got his Oakley's <laughs> and I have, you got to accessorize. Yeah. I see lashes. It's all about, you know, working people around. You know, that's right. That's right. It's transfixed. a camouflage. It's an illusion. <laughs> Gotta have a you know, get some away from hot belly that I carry about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. you look fantastic, Norman. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. So, doing the reunion series, what did you think about when they asked you to do the reunion series? What were you thinking? And then after you filmed it, what were you thinking after that? <laughs> well, I, you know, I absolutely adore pretty everyone in my cast. So I was, you know, anytime we, we get together, it's just a little bit like a holiday. Uh, and I just generally look forward to seeing stuff. And, and it's, I had been disconnected from like Eric and Kevin, you know, I have a, a natural relationship with the other ones. They tend to get on the phone or chat or text or something, but the other guys get busy in their life and I respect all of that. So it was just kind of nice to say okay what what have they been doing all of these years you know eric and where has he been on his journey and and where has kevin been on his journey so the, i was looking forward to that the one thing i it kept really under wraps that surprised me is the actual going into the location and that created something really i don't know it's like um it was like a psychological it was weird it was weird to go back in the same space and smell the same smells and hear the same sounds and hear people's voices and if you did look down to see our age had you know caught up with us but the voices all are the same i would really think i was back there you know 30 some years ago so i don't know how long ago but whenever 1992 was and so that was pretty trippy unfortunately once again it's that damn covid that really made it horrible you know we couldn't have access to like eric when we found out eric had to be quarantined and then we lost like a couple shooting days you know because of because of all of that so we didn't then the crew got covid and it created a total bedlam and so literally oh it was panic it was like they came in like the two producers and they were just by themselves and they were like shaking like a leaf, like we we're all going to die because they, they still didn't have the vaccines yet. And then they were rolling the dice. So it's like, God, here it is again, you know, getting minimum pay. And then, it, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and we're doing these insane, that's why you need a union for this crap. This would have never flown. And yeah. so here we are doing all of this risk stuff and in comes the two and every, you know, it's always like before you anyone entered or not, it was like, the block was sealed and then the elevators are sealed. Everyone's being tested at every door and pass to get near us uh, just so this wouldn't happen. And it still happened. And they came in and they're just like, just grab uh, just what you need, like a toothbrush. Don't come near us. And they're shaking. We have to get you all out of here right now. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. And I'm like, oh, my God, what? And like, don't even touch that food or that plate. Like everything's contaminated, like all 30 fucking editors in the other room 
and directors got oh the gosh. fucking COVID. And so they were like, get out right now. And we need, and you need to all go across the street. They're bullhorning and getting us all corralled over to like one of the hotel rooms where we were sequestered for like 16 days before this, like, you know, 12 day shoot or something. We were in this hotel longer than we were like, and then we weren't allowed to open the doors and we had, and they had security posted and they had someone every day coming and testing us beforehand. So a lot of that took out the excitement and the joy, just kind of wore you down as you couldn't have any exercise. And you paced around this little tiny room in New York, you know, how small those hotel rooms could be. It just kind of, you know, made it not as engaging and super like stressful all the way around on stuff. And so that, that turned out to be a little, sad so we thought that we might be able to pick up you know a couple more days you know because eric never got across his story or really connecting with stuff and we really didn't get to go into kevin's environment i thought we were gonna really get to see where he wrote some of his books and some of his stories and some of his stuff and a lot of that stuff just completely went whack <laughs> crack and you know i don't know so but at least it launched because I really enjoyed what they did with your series. And it, and it gave much rounded, like I just, you know, you came off so much more rounded in person, Beth, than you had on your series, you know? And I think it really helped give a better profile of people and, and see them in a way that you really didn't get to see them when they shot us so long ago, you know? <laughs> you could tell what, you know, they went after people's stories or people became a character in the real world, you know, and once they had that down, they only kind of reinforced that stereotype of somebody, you know, and then that's how people would feel about us when, when they'd actually get to meet us and stuff. And I know that people feel one way, for instance, we could always just look at like Puck, like people immediately, they, they had the picture they wanted of Puck, they had the postcard of Puck. And he was going to have to live up. And then he had to live into that too. But that wasn't all Puck. Like, you know, he's kind of a sensible, funny guy when you meet him. He's very interesting. But it's like such a headspace, I think, for people once, you know, you get this image going up of you. And then you have kind of like live on that because everyone relates to you in that way, you know? So I don't know. It's a head trip. But at least the homecoming was able to break down some of that or communicate some of that. Like I, for myself you know, they were really nervous about, they didn't, you know, no one was going to pay for a gay character at all in America in that year. So they made me bisexual because it was advertising. There was no way around it. They were, and even with the advertising, they weren't even getting advertising because it was so toxic. Like what? We can't, everyone's going to bail. And so that yeah, kind of- I didn't of, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was able to address that directly when John Murray came and sat down and George you know, on one of the episodes of the homecoming and I was able to address it and they kind of brought it up. So, you know, that was kind of good. And so, yeah, it was just, it was, it was definitely difficult. I know that the, like the gay community back then, which was just kind of formulating, they really didn't have a voice and they really didn't have a way to connect like on a scale that we had just connected to the audience, you know, the way the audience had connected to us. And so, so much was being placed on me because, you know, I don't represent the lesbians. I don't represent like the super, all aspects of the gay community all of a sudden was kind of dumped on my head in a weird way. And by saying bisexual made people so upset because they're like, no one will come out gay. I mean, there was no Elton John at that point that was out and there was like no 
Katie Lang or, or you know, Ellen or you name it. There was nobody because no one right. could really bear down. No one was going to support that. They were going to really rebel, you know, and the, all that stuff. And they did. You know, I remember we got a commercial. We we got a lot of people asked us to do stuff because we were on MTV and people wanted MTV people. And so we were approached by GM to do um, these Chevy Metro commercials and everything. And we shot four or five of them. And then Rush Limbaugh came out and like laid waste to me on the radio. Like, how dare you have a homosexual in the word spaggot, you know? And it became like a huge thing. And they had to pull all the commercials and the ad agency got like scolded. That was terrible. So that was really bad. And then a lot of people, you know, they would get some kind of agent recognition, but like no one wanted to touch the gay person. So I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna have to, you know, work around this and kind of invent myself or do whatever and and blah, blah, blah. I ended up starting cable access and gay entertainment television because all of a sudden I was that was my option. Like, what are you gonna what am I gonna do? Like, you know, like like now what are my options for the future? You know, and since there wasn't a voice and so I've always been good friends with like RuPaul and a lot of the a lot of the gay voices at the time that had no voice. And so we're like, well, we need to make our own little, you know, thing, you know, and kind of present ourselves. And so a lot of these people have been super successful. God darn it. Norm, Norm is here. That's why we're going to talk about this. Norm, yeah, that's right. Book. Norm, Listen, yes. Tell us about your book. I want to hear all about it. I love My it. First book. And I got to see a preview of it sometime we were hanging out last summer we were in new york and we got to go to rachel's daughter's wedding and we were yeah. getting hang and so that that was that was great hang time i got to hang with the norm in new york city so that was uh one of my best memories with you and you gave me a little preview and was actually trying to explain this to beth but explain it as if i haven't because i think i did a poor job tell everyone what the concept is first okay he's okay. going to tell everybody the concept in one second we're going to take a quick break Okay, and we're back. Now Norman is going to reveal his very first book, which will make a great gift for the holiday season. Everybody should purchase a copy. Tell us about yes. it. So the title of the book is called Technicolor Reflections, and it's it comes in my series 26. And it really is going to just put me right smack in the middle of the rainbow in a way that I'm literally going to introduce all the colors of, of the spectrum. Uh, I'm launching this whole show and book in Palm Springs. And Palm Springs is really known currently today for its design capacity, you know, like HDTV and Dewell and all of these shops and stores and museum really focus on mid-century modernism and abstract art and that whole thing. They approached me a couple years ago, this store called Peppa's and just say Peepa's. I always screw it up. I'm so Peepa's? sorry. Peepa's? Uh, Peepa's. Palm it's in Palm Springs. It's right across from like the H&M, right? Smack downtown. And they're really good with art, fashion design. And they, they, they work with a lot of different celebrities that have like work there. And it's an incredible store. And I did a series of these chocolate rabbits that really blew up when I was doing the homecoming. And they spotted me there and they said, hey, can you, we'd love to get some of your art. And I said, well, I'd like to do something that really connects to the Palm Springs audience. And then as, um, give me about a year or so. So I really need to think about it. So as I was renovating my very old home in Northern Michigan, I was collecting all of the, the paint chips and they'd all have these names. Like they were really strange. Like, it's just amazing to go to the paint store and you look at like this crazy color or something like that. And I'm like, oh, who comes up with all these names? 
And as I started thinking about it more, I, you know, I started to bring my poetic kind of mind to these. So I started to create poems on the colors. So this oh. was like, I think my first one here and it's, it's toothpaste splashes in the sea was my memory of you. I never noticed I was this little weird poet sometimes on the real world that I'd make like poetry and I always loved poetry. And so these are kind of like these haikus. So I started over a year of working colors and starting to relate stuff and, and then started coming up with a giant catalog of all of these like prints and work. And then I started matching them to the color wheel and to the month and to the time. Huh? And so here's another one from the book and it is 506, which happens to land on May 6th. And it's this color and it says simple mind, thoughts of a simple mind, a mint julep has all of us off to the races. And the interesting thing about this wonderful thing is that this also falls on the Kentucky Derby. So this, the first Saturday in, in May is when they do the Kentucky Derby. So I also relate all these poems to like certain times and dates and things that kind of inspire me. Yes. Okay. So what do you have for Valentine's day? So on Valentine's My birthday, day, tell me, I want to know, this is fun. And then I, you're, I, I, you're I want you to, baby. Yeah, and then I want you yeah, to do the so snap. Nice. I like this the finger okay. snap that you do. All right, as I'm as I'm zipping through there. Princess okay. wants the snap. Yes, yes, yes. The norm yes. shall do the snap for the Yes, princess. yes, yes. Yeah, as I'm flipping through the book to find that February here. Do, 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 do. February 14th. Um, and now the book is a, a select uh days because it's i have worked over like almost 500 of these works okay and so it's just a select because and it's a nice healthy 200 page book but and it's and you can find it on my website of course soon normancorpy.com normancorpy.com with a k corpy yes normancorpy.com everybody yes. and i'm having a book signing at the keepas in palm springs this coming okay here we are 14th this coming november the saturday but the books will be there and they're being wait. signed by me if you come in okay so here we are wait wait wait, wait, wait norm wait november the saturday that's what you said november yes yeah, is it the fourth this saturday i don't know i don't know if this is being um <laughs> recorded and then all of a sudden you guys don't air it until like the after the fourth but regardless the book will be there but if you're in palm springs saturday november the fourth i will be there from 11 to 1. Lars and Corey I'm going to I'm going to try and come Norman. Please do. Lars and Corey are coming. Okay, oh so we're going to read a uh, Beth's birthday and this is this falls on Valentine's. It says love is the spice of life, the best medicine, a battlefield for two. Ooh, that, like that's it. on Beth's birthday. That that's Valentine's Day that, best birthday. That's Valentine's Day. And I a like battlefield for two. Love is a battlefield. So romantic. Love is Isn't that romantic. Love is a battlefield. Pat Benatar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, you know, kind of create a little thinking nod there. But yeah. also like I've been recording like for the year, like all these tropes, quotes, movie, all these things that are like in pop culture along with the colors. And so I like to really build poems that will enhance, you know, will take in something. That's like, oh yeah, there's that crazy saying. And, I love uh, your creative. I love your creativity, and I don't know why. I'm thinking of like 
a Taylor Swift, Norman Corpy collab. Right. Wouldn't that be cool if she actually made a song out of your book? I can totally see that. I mean, these do really kind of come in as lovely little things. Like, here's one. This is right here. And it's also up there behind me because the prints are up here. But it's also, this is 406, which is beautiful. Beautiful. um, This is coming here April. And it says, this color right here is Twinkie to the Rescue. And this is my big problem is because as Norm has gotten older, he needs glasses. Twinkie, like, Twinkie to the rescue? Yes. So the first color is Twinkie to the rescue. Okay. Twinkie. Twinkie to the rescue. Seeds to be sowed. A tequila sunrise at noon. Ooh. And that, it's and very that Palm print Springs. Is, yes. And that print is available. That, that, that the, print is available for sale as well, right? And it, and it happens to be on National Twinkie Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and these right are there. on your website, Norm. The print. And so my website is going to be updated towards the end of the month. I'm letting people's website go first. So there's going to be video clips of me that I shot yesterday, and and the prints that they have offering there, and and then my website will follow theirs as soon as they're. What kind is of their like, website? Uh, Do you know their website offhand? It would be P E E P S P S Peepas in Palm Springs. And, and then this book is like insane. No one's ever really taken and put in like poetry to color. And the interest, interest, so when you actually look at these colors, so what I'd like to do as I expand this whole series is that you'll be able to buy little pints of paint. So then if you want the paint toothpaste, you can then get the little Norman paint and you can like paint a little square of toothpaste color up on your own little wall. So then you could live in your color that you like too. So I'm trying to have one here that relates to my real, the real world. I have a real world one. Oh, oh we wow. got to hear cool. that one for sure. Yes, we have to hear that one. Let me find yes. that one. But Beth, now that you, you've seen the book, um, mm-hmm. to our audio listeners, d- describe this because it's, it's a very abstract concept. It's hard for, to describe what's going on here with this book. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that all of the colors are so the way that he puts the colors together and the contrast, yeah. it's like I mean, it's just, samples, it's, right? it, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful as, as the book. I mean, and then also just like seeing them mm. on the wall and then to eventually be able to get the, the paint colors in your house and have just yeah. like Norman all over it's, your yeah. house. Norman, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it's, it. It's, okay. it's brilliant. Yeah, Norman, it's brilliant. I, I, I've been Congratulations. Just Congratulations. So different and unique. There's you, nothing like that. You know, yeah, you know, when because you know how people like when they go, they go do a reality show, they go do something and like, yes. you know, oh, I've been on like Amazing Race. I'm going to now my book is coming out. Like everyone's got these books that come like, are you kidding me? Like, and so I was like, if I ever do a book, I want to do something that really is a gift to people, brings people on a journey. So it's not just like, oh, because a lot, this is me and it's connects to like a lot of my stories. But it's also a piece of artwork and it kind of, I'm hoping does a little bit more than just like, yeah, I went to dinner with Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, who cares? So, but, you know, this is awesome. I'd care about this. I'd want this. And so it's it's really is a treasure and they'll be limited. So they're going to be worth a lot. I want one. You need one. I'm I'm, going to go get one, John. I don't care what they cost. You know, so here's, here's, this is, 521 and this is may 21st which is a very big date in my mind because that's the first day that they ran the real world and so i have a little 
a little tribute poem to them. And it's called 20, 21st, it's 21st Century Reality, Soho 7. Is this the true story? Is this the true story? Oh, that's Play. good. I want, I want to hear my birthday, July 30th. I don't know. So you, uh, so I might not have, not have all the dates in here, but I have oh. them on my computer, which I can't pull up. But I don't think I have that. And our producer right on hand. Thing that she wants one too. So you're going to yeah. save at least three. Yes. For the getting real you know, because, yeah. you know, a lot of the dates, because I try to target like kind of like, like here's, here's a date here. And this one is this, look at this lovely color here. But this one is called Atomic Dreams. Jackson Pollock explodes in paint. That that's that's July thirtieth. No, this is August ninth, and and it's Atomic Dreams. Jackson Pollock explodes in paint. Root beer flows from Candy Mountain. Candy Mountain. Candy Mountain. And so I know. And so this is the day we bombed Hiroshima, and it's also National Root Beer Day. Wow. Norman. I mean, look at this. I mean, listen. We just got introduced to this book from Norman. And look at all the fun we're having it's with awesome. this book. And it's hard it's, to describe it, it's without beautiful. you it's a, And when you start like reading each one, they become very like headspace and very poetic, which is kind of interesting. You might, since I don't have your, I don't think I have your birthday here, but I do have April 30th here. And you might like this because it might connect to, to John. And it's called Cost of Doing Business, My Pillow. The tea was spilled. <laughs> That's so, that's a little one on the back cover there. That's those are some colors. And, for that. and this information, <laughs> book, and where to find it, it'll be on your Instagram, right? It, it's at- yes. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start putting it out on Instagram, and it'd be great to kind of get like some pre-orders because right now I've I've isolated a publishing company, and it's all digitized. So then it's just so much money to like produce a book. So I'm, a partner came out and said, "Norm, this is fantastic. It's great. They should." And then they come in and help me publish this and get it out but right now i can as i get orders i can call and then the books get made so at norman no one wants to sit on inventory these days so it's like yeah it's yeah so on instagram uh, if you need to follow norm anyway because it's a great follow at norman corby Mm -hmm. k-o-r-p-i and it's it's a you know what it's an it's a verified blue check account because you know why norman you're a Mm -hmm. big deal bro you are the first reality icon you are a big deal. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Like you, you just mentioned that Corey from the San Francisco real world is coming to mm-hmm. uh, Palm Springs on Saturday. You've got, who else did you mention was coming? Somebody else. Lars. Lars from the London show. Who's a totally, yeah. cool, I love Lars. Total cool cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I mean, you got all these friends that were not on your show. How is it that you've got this network of, of cool friends from the other seasons of the real world? Beth and I. Oh, I hope that includes you too. It definitely. I mean, totally. I mean, like, I mean, you mean you are you know our friends. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm just, you know, I've got a, a yeah, I've just got a like a Labrador retriever spirit. You know, just a, a dog that's always wagging its tail and happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I just a good thing to do in life is just kind of friends are really important and connections and you know I try my best to build as many bridges. You know, you're not always going to see the same and things are going to, you know, go apart and go their separate ways. But it just seems like such a crime to lose somebody that you've had a memory with. Don't you think? I mean, absolutely, you know, absolutely. and especially, you know, in these days, I mean, a lot of people just can't, they can't get along. I and mean, we try to get along in a public sphere, you know, 
you know, we were put to the test. I mean, you know, you know, you guys are put to the test with David and you try to give him, you know, as much as possible to just participate and to create some friendship. And I was really endured to you trying to, you know, say, Tammy, I, you know, I, my feelings are kind of hard. Like I really make myself available to be a friend for you and this and that. And I thought that was a great journey that you were trying to connect with and it's like important and real and like i think people can learn from that i think that's what they learn i think that's the strength of like the real world is that we do come from such unusually unusual backgrounds it's not just like college you know where you can afford to go to college and you do go meet someone that's different this is really being thrown in with people that you have no control over with different backgrounds and then trying to create a friendship or a respect in a public sphere that people can gauge to. And I think that's why people respect all of us so much. And, and, and it's important for me too, you know, it's really has been and, and to lead that, like, I like to be as authentic as possible. I, I, I feel like I can contend like the documentary lives through me and I'm going to go through what I knew the documentary to be was to meet people like in an honest way and connect to them. And then the show is something else. It literally was, they glossed over, it focused on certain weird tensions. It created tensions between people that sometimes weren't there or that were resolved and they didn't resolve them. And, and so for me, I just continue to do what I was sent there to do. And, and that was, you know, making friends with people and getting to understand them as best as I can. Doesn't mean I want everybody over for dinner every night, but you know, <laughs> that's 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 just me. And, and I, hopefully, if anything, I can like, you know, share that. If that one gift that people can kind of see through me is just kind of having that, you know, respect and connection, whatever your background or wherever you're coming from. You know, I do you not like it. Travel. Yeah, I love to travel. I don't like it when somebody comes up against me in our sphere of friends and says, how dare you be a friend with that person? Right, right, right. How dare, you know, that person is not part of our group. And I don't understand why people do I don't that. have it. I won't have it. I'm like, you know, I'm not yeah. having it, you know, because they're like, they're not thinking like us. No. Off with their like, Well, I know that you're assuming that I'm all on your same page, but you know, I'm on everybody's page. So don't like put me in that one box because that's the quickest mm. way for me not to hang out with you. <laughs> I mean, look, I you think, know? I think everybody is entitled to their, their own opinions and their own beliefs. But I think especially now with everything that's going on in the world, I think we've, we've got to respect how we all feel and, the time to come together and we need more right. love. We need more love and yes. understanding. You Absolutely. Know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's no. perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. I'm trying. No, I'm I try to be either. a better person all the time. It's yeah. like if there was an example yeah. of love that came down from above that to just show us the way we we could we could follow that. It's just almost well like yeah that. but you know you don't I think so many people are so often with social media that they're so isolated that they don't they don't see an example or they don't have an example or something doesn't occur to them to know you know like that's like you know and everyone now is just weirdly walking on eggshells but they're happy to be in their little tribe and then share their opinion only to themselves and make sure that they want nothing to do with somebody else that doesn't even think like them or have anything to do with how they think <laughs> you know and you know so that's that's 
Norman, are you still, you're still in the, you call it on your Instagram, the UP. Do you still, the uh, UP. Yes, that's I'm still home for you? And are you, my are, you at, are you at the bakery? You're not at the bakery. You're there when you want to be. How's that working? I, I am in and out with the bakery. We're with my cousins, which is awesome. And, and so we're actually, Rachel has from Fox and Friends, which we love our Rachel. And she has offered to come on for national pasty day which we make pasties which are these meat pies and the up wow. is known for them so they're they kind of come from england a long time ago and the miners have them and then they fill them with meat and potato and in this like you know pastry puff shell kind of thing when, um, when are you going to be on when are you going to be on and so national pasty day which you know could have a poem is a december 4th and that's a saturday when rachel is on fox and friends so in new york with rachel on december 4th that is the goal so i know we have this uh, terrible little war that just opened up and a lot of times in the news cycle is no one wants to do human interest anymore because there's just terribleness going on so we're just watching how that is developing so anything she's going to just take the pasties in and then they're going to have a little bite if they can oh that's great Um, and if if the segment opens up for us to come in and make the pasties and talk about the history of the Upper Peninsula and the miners and the bakery, then, you know, she is opening that door for us on National Pasty Day. So, so yeah, so as far as the bakery, yes, I'm, I'm definitely very much connected and engaged with my cousins. And so that's nice. I'm going to be painting a big old mural in the spring on the side of the building. So we've been we gussied the whole bakery up and it looks great. And a lot of people have been coming into the Upper Peninsula over the during the COVID. We're really kind of it's almost like a national park. We're rural, we're out of the way, but it's beautiful. It's along Lake Superior. We have like low lying bluffs and it's incredible. Actually, we got seven inches of snow that just came down on Halloween. But we're a very hardy winter place and it's it's designed as getaway you know if you go to big bear in california you go to any of these places it's a destination place there's like a ton of things to do there's always some crazy little festival in this town of three thousand people and yeah so it's just super charming and and, you know enjoy it well you are charming and we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back and we're back with norman corpy one of my favorite people he just exudes I just the vibe, the Norman Corpy vibe. You can get your own piece of it right now with his brand new book. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a feeling. It is just, I love it. And I'm going to get my copy as soon as possible. I'm I'm looking at these, I'm looking at the paintings on your wall. Do you think that when you expand your, when you expand, maybe you would consider doing maybe like a poem for John? Absolutely. Yeah. July 30th was the day. July 30th. I know I could look it up on my computer screen, but we're talking right now and I will do something wrong and disconnect us. So they're all. Yeah. Okay. So I've got some fun questions for you, Norman. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, everybody wants to know, because Eric was not in the house with you guys. Would do you feel like there's an opening that maybe you guys might consider getting back together to do a reunion with Norman with uh, with Eric? I absolutely think there is. I mean, there's so much going on in his life and he's really has had a real, I mean, it should be all Eric. Let's forget us. You can just have him as a show. And it, and there is just so much of his story and tale that you're just like, wow. And it's interesting to see 
the progression of someone's life. I think of all of all of us that came back that had changed the most, he literally had changed the most or his life experience was the most interesting. You know, he was like the pinup boy, the poster mm-hmm. boy, you know, he was in all that stuff and, you know, and it, it just insane. Like the, those videos that he did sold so much money you know, and then the things that had happened to him and the people that had taken the money. I mean, yeah. his videos, those three, those workout, that stuff and the grind, those were like, you know, back when people would buy videos, there were like hundreds of thousands and thousands of copies were sold of those, of that stuff. And just living in that fast lane life that, you know, and that, that theme that I think that really drove people into reality, like this, your life could accelerate like his. And that acceleration and then where that had taken him and and then into like the despair and then his, you know, the, his family relationships and then, you know, having a wife and having a kid and then just this whole new arc and then finding some kind of spiritual purpose and some kind of like healthy output to where he's at. I mean, it's just a great, great story. And I, you know, and I know that they had a huge missed opportunity and I just don't know what's going on between like, the Paramount brand and the MTV brand and where things are at. It just doesn't make sense to me with them sometimes. You know what I mean? It's almost like Even they're not on us. the same page. They're not on the same page. No, right? like, it's like, how did, where, what happened? Like, what is yeah. the disconnect? And they have such a huge franchise. And not only us, there were so many other casts and so many other people that they really, I mean, they're missing the boat. I mean, I don't know how these people that they go try to find a new show and it fails. And here you branded people for over 30, 40 years. I don't care which one. And they've already haven't built an audience. It doesn't and make the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Look at Bravo. Look at Bravo. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Bravo it just, just keeps using the people I mean, and people love it. If they did they that with it. us, and it would be the plan is right in front. I mean, these people are, are ripping you off. And yeah. they look at the success. I mean, you already have everything. Like everyone's like, well, what would we do with you? I'm like, it doesn't matter what you did with us. I mean, look at Seinfeld. Did they ever, was the show ever about? It was like it was going to buy nothing. a bed. It was about nothing. They don't understand. We're all real. We're friends in real life. We're and things all are friends happen. in real life. The stuff we talk People about. People are going to happen. And the stuff the that, thing we is that we have an audience. when we're not on the show is probably more interesting than what they decide to, to edit and put in the show. I know. Right? It's It's just don't understand like where everyone it's always the management problem of this issue because you don't yeah. like just you back it all away we're already giving you everything that you need it doesn't matter i mean even if it was just all of a sudden five of us from different shows or any of us people connect to us because we can connect with this medium and we can drive a story and i don't care what it is going to bonds shopping for a pumpkin you know all of a sudden becomes the most interesting thing that people are talking about yeah and I don't understand how these people don't see, have not seen that or they don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I I remember a few years ago, you, me, and who went with us, Cyrus, we went and we had a pitch meeting over at Bravo trying to get a a show going, but this was like right before streaming happened. Yeah. Maybe we need to call them. (laughs) I, I know it's just so nutty. It's just so nutty because once again, we have had this built in audience for so long. Why are you out there? trying to make something that doesn't work and it never worked like right. we're here you know, we are here around you know and it's just like even with the producers that we were talking about because they weren't even quite sure where we were going to go with our stuff but i'm like you've just brought us back you can obviously see that we could produce we just gave you eight episodes in a week who what group of people can give you a full 
freaking show that you can run for half a year in one week. I mean, you're talking about bringing people together for a month, producing, and then setting up a scenario in like a week and a half, and all of a sudden you have eight episodes. I mean, come on. And people, we have the audience. We, we're driving the audience. And they try to drive people into paying for the prescription. You know, you can't take a free show, pay people free, and then go and then expect them to pay for Paramount Plus to get the audience that you want, you boneheads. You know, it's like you're in the wrong. You know, it's like asking people to go to an IMAX theater all of a sudden. Like, what are you talking about? No, work, work where it needs to work. It's like I had so many people that connected through different sources, like my sister's friends. You know, she's like 10 years younger than I am. So she was really the perfect demographics down in Kentucky. They're all professionals. But people from like the White House to like all of her friends literally lost their minds and they signed up for that that Paramount, you know, thing. And they dumped it immediately just to kind of get in and connect. And they all sat around and it really made a lot. We, you know, we connected to a lot of these people and I just don't understand how they don't see that. They, someone saw it enough to start this train running with you guys and then New Orleans. And and it's interesting. I mean, you guys are much more interesting to see because there's so much more in your lives to bring to the table, you know? And I mean, they're just plucking like housewives that aren't even housewives in these I know. franchises. I'm like, wait, you don't even have a husband. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? They're literally just putting them in into the 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 kitty into the box, and I'm like, and then people are trying to connect to these people. Maybe what? Because they have money, and they're going to just, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, we offer so much more for the for the people. I mean, we revolutionized this entire marketplace. We revolutionized, you know, how how people like the office, like how all these shows are kind of built off of like the real world, like the show and all of a sudden someone is interviewed you know there isn't a show that doesn't almost have that format you know it's like literally everyone ends up talking to the camera you know after like having a little scene i don't know there's such a missed opportunity and at some point it might make all sense and then someone's gonna be why can we do that you know duh I don't know what's going on here, but I mean, you know what, Norman, you're putting it out there. We're putting it out there. Yeah, you gotta put it out there. real right now. <laughs> and we're putting it out there. And maybe somebody yeah. is listening going, you know what, Norman, yeah. John and Beth are correct. What are we doing? Yeah. We should be, we should be they doing a so show much, on their, right. about their anything. real world lives. Anything. Let's, yeah. let's go, right? So like, hello. Things happen. I know. I mean, you might as well just tap that audience. There's, there's the audience that you tap into. You know, they're, they're all ready for all those Sky Rizzy pills and all the rest of those drug pills that you know you watch endlessly on TV. I know, right? I, I mean, I'm, we're the, I'm we're the pill generation. My yeah. God, I mean, I, I'm menopausal, going crazy. You know, there's okay. all of us. All right, I mean, we are the people. <laughs> I mean, these kids are not going to spend $900 a month. We're the Ozempic crowd, people. We're just right, perfect. We are. <laughs> I mean, I hate to brag about it, but we are. Beth, are you going to talk you know? to uh, Norman about my favorite part? Yeah, yeah. I've got, okay. So, well, there's there's a couple of questions I want to ask you real quick. If you could put together a real world mat- mashup show, since we're on the topic, who would you who would you choose to to be in a house with? Any season you any can pick, seasons pick, pick your you can pick and choose whoever you want. It's it's the power is in your hands, Norman. You have the contracts. Bum, 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 bum. This is the only time you're going to have this much power. So enjoy this moment. Oh. Who would you live Let's with? See. Um, well, I would certainly. 
Well, we, I mean, we're gonna have to have the both of you too. Oh, you know, that's, you, that's we amazing. have to because you guys yeah. are like you know you have an interest and you have a drive and you are both very different. Yeah. Um, I would <laughs> love to throw. Thank I would love to bring in Rachel just because that would be something. Oh, oh yeah, be Rachel, would be awesome. She is so super well informed that you know it's yeah. just you know yeah. She's fun. She's fun. Yeah. And I'd love to bring in like someone like Camila. Camila, nice. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know she's she seems like she's super thoughtful. She's like a doctor, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yep. I would have skipped by Camila. That's that was interesting choice out of everybody in the Boston show. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a shocking one for me. Okay. Keep going. You know, just a mix of what's, you know, you know, between like all of a sudden now there's four of us with like bringing in and I'd like to bring in Jamie Chang, you know, from from like San Diego. Yeah. How about this? How about this one? One of my favorite real worlders of all time is from actually the London show. Sharon, oh, yes. Sharon from the London. Sharon, Sharon one of the most fun I people Sharon, I've ever. Met. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interjected my own. No, no, no. I think Sharon. What I do because I'm bad. You know, I'd love that. You know, we need. I'd like to have like that inter, in, international kind of perspective, and I think she would, you know, really bring in, you know, a lot of stuff. So I think that becomes a real interesting you know, mix on things and there's this lack of names from your cast. Would you pick anybody from your cast or no? I really do. I mean, obviously coming back to like, you know, Eric's story. I mean, I think, you know, Eric would be definitely super open to, you know, all this and would be really great. I think the others in my cast, they have interest, but they're just literally exhausted. I mean, after we did, you know, it's emotionally draining. (laughs) It's absolutely emotionally draining, definitely in there. And I, you know, I really think someone like, you know, interesting, like, like Judd, someone, you know, that, you you know, um, he has had such an interesting, fulfilled, interesting life or Pam. I mean, I don't know if we're just talking about like seven people here and all of that, that, you know, that kind of thing. But he's, you know, had such an interesting thing. And and I know people are definitely really connected to the San Francisco cast. So I don't know that that Humpty Dumpty, I don't know if it's ever going to come back together again. And so many people want that to happen. And I, you know, it's just super problematic, but I think, there's enough in there that would be interesting and drive definitely some interest to see how, you know, Rachel and, and, and someone from our cast would connect and their experiences there. You know, it's always fun to have Cyrus around. You need a little like, you know, activity and some fun, you know, I mean, he's, he's someone that can bounce and rift off of like, you know, anyone and everybody. And, you know, you're always in for a good time with him, (laughs) which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, think you know the whole galaxy of people are, are definitely pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I love it. You know, of course, there's all those really mysterious people, like like Aaron from your season. Like, you know, it's like a ghost. No, he's a uh, mystery. He's a mystery. You know, 
Aaron from the real from world like Los the Chicago Angeles. season that are like ghosts too. And there's that one guy from Hawaii that seems to be a ghost. Who? Who? The the gay guy. Isn't that terrible? I gotta say the gay guy. I think he was gonna be like a doctor or something. Maybe his name is Justin. Justin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's just a lot of ghosts out there in this format that are interesting. Yeah. Well, why is that? Uh, why do you think some people disappear? Some people won't go away like me. And then there's some people <laughs> that you never hear from again. <laughs> well, no. some people are just, you know, it's just, it's just not their path. Right. Not their path. Not their pa- okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I, I'm just, I'm so curious. Like, I wonder if they were the people that were just kind of like drummed up the casting went and hit and went and found out you know they weren't really drawn into this and like what like, why would you do it like they probably were people that didn't know anything about the show yeah. and literally dragged them out from under a rock somewhere i mean and you look, do get that a lot you, because they're you know you really have to have thick skin <laughs> to go through something like this i don't know about you norman but mm-hmm. i mean i thought going through the real world the first time was you know difficult but i don't like it like messed with me like mentally. I didn't have like any mental problems, even on the challenges when people would, you know, when whatever I've been called every name in the book, it never really bothered me. But when I went to go on the homecoming, it really messed with me after the show was Mm -hmm. over because I really felt like, you know what? I really felt like I showed up as myself and I was being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so it, I just felt like it did mess with me, you know, a little bit. I needed to to take a few breaths after that. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, you know, totally. It does, it, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, now I want to <clears throat> ask you some questions, some other questions. This is super important. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go with Kenny Loggins <laughs> or Rich or Richard Marks? Oh. In what context? <laughs> What are you talking about? Music. What are you yeah. going? Music. Do I, do I get some, we some music? We're having a party. We're having a party. Okay. We've got you. We've got Camila, Jamie Chung, mm. Judd and Pam, Sharon, John, me, and Eric Neese. And now we got to put on some music. So, Oh, is John going to send me out on one of these songs? Are you going to do a Kenny Loggins song for me? Is that one of my choices? Kenny Loggins. Then he sing like, the danger zone. He has so many good songs. I just yeah. remember the ones from like Top Gun, right? Then he sang the Top Gun yeah. song. He sure did. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. what kind of what kind of music are you into, Norman? What's your favorite? Let's see. Right now, uh, I'm really into. I've gone like weirdly retro with Linda Ronstadt when she was like in the Stone Ponies. Oh wow! Back in the '60s, and so wow. I have this like yeah, it's it's kind of, yeah, and I don't know if it's because it's like. UP is like glamorous for fall colors. You've never seen so much color in your life and just like all the hard maple trees and all the trees and this kind of like interesting, like high fidelity kind of sound from like the 60s and then the early 70s, you know, just really plays up super nice with like the colors. And so I know that that's what's been, um, you know, into my thing. Um, okay, so Linda Ronstadt. What else? Who else? Yeah, you know, like 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 Brandy Carlisle and and uh, and oh, one second here on my little thing. Oh goodness, Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, Brandy Carlisle and oh, yeah, to, 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 one 
got me like on the spot here. If you, if, you could go to, if you could go to any concert right now, who would you like to see? Oh, it would just flip out and die if I didn't go to like a Fleetwood Mac concert. I mean, like that would be, you know, and I don't really like to be at concerts because I get smashed huh? in. I'm a big guy. I'm like six four. It's hard for me to fit in like little tiny seats and stuff like that. So my, uh, to be like uncomfortable without knowing them and like, you know, get, get it going on. But yes. And so that would, yeah, Fleetwood Mac, but Clash's Cake. By any chance, who he sings this um, Cautious Clay. It's, I've never he sings, heard of him. Oh, he's great, and yeah, he's super, super awesome. Cautious Clay, yes, yeah, Muhammad Clay, Ali. check it out. He has a great song called Wildfire, Fire, and I'm really into him and Mac Miller and, and Harry Miller. Styles. I'm like, yeah, Harry Styles, yeah, nice. yes, yeah, and of course, you know, I always love some dance music when it's going on. Rosalind Murphy right now has some really fun, dancey, good stuff. It's happening. That's very fresh, Miss Rosalind Murphy. And yeah, you know, you know. All right. Well, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got the, the cast. We've got the music. We've got your new book. We really covered a lot of ground. The name of the book, Norman, the name of the book is what? The name again is Technicolor Reflections, which is, you know, my life in the spectrum here. I'm like putting myself right smack in the middle of the rainbow. Norm kind of introduced the rainbow lifestyle to america and now he's got it out in poems and colors here's here's halloween's poem we can we can work on that one right here it's called a jambalaya of snickers and circus peanuts toilet paper blows in the wind mischief managed so if you're a harry potter fan you're connecting to well, that you put me down for one our producer of our podcast once one lindley and I know Beth wants one, so yeah, I'm gonna try so and come free. to your live event. Yes, come. And then we're gonna hang out. Corey's gonna be here, and there's a, there's like an Airbnb zoo where you're with zebras and emus, and it's called like the Kaleidoscope something or other up here in Yucca Valley, Morongo Valley, and they're just awesome. So you get to have your Airbnb with over 500 animals all coming in and out of your Airbnb. It's it's great. So Corey, they're all gonna be staying up there and be hanging out, being old and chatting. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for bringing me. Norman, we love you. Thanks for being on Getting Real. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, keep it real. You've been listening to Getting Real with John and Beth on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Firioli. Edited by Michael DeVestia. Produced by Lindley Ehrlich. Hosted by Beth Delarchek and John Brennan. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow Beth at Best Real World and follow John at JohnBrennan.com. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at Getting Real with John and Beth. Until next time, keep it real. Beth! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.